All right? How you getting on? Welcome back to Boners Bone Party. Yeah, here at Boners Bone Party, we're going through all the celebrities in the world asking, can they bone? Yes or no? <laughs> First up, we have Sharon Stone, or should I say, Sharon No Bone? I mean, should I say Sharon Bone? What do you think, Boner? Boner likey. Yes, please. Tell me why Cars in the front yard Um, Anyway That's my new podcast This is the new podcast guys I'm sorry Uh, Episode 15 has become The end of Tony Campbell's shit show And the start of Boner's Bone Party And as part of Boner's Bone Party On the live stream I have a big fake wooden cock (laughs) And it it has And it has Kind of like a a big kind of uh, like a a big sign, right? And half of it is, says yes, and half of it says no. And in the middle is the cock, and that's when I go ba 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 boner, and I'll go to one side. The cock will point to one side, and they'll say boner likey, and that's when everyone cheers, and I chug beers and lit play um, my uh, my own worst enemy. Um, <clears throat> so there. So there you have it. <laughs> that's that's what's going to happen. So deal with it, okay? It's already happened. Boner like. Um, I will tell you. I had. I used to have a joke. I used to have a joke in my act. I used to have a joke in my act about Sharon Stone. And I'll let me tell you this, man to man, it fucking sucked. <laughs> this joke. Let me tell you about this gag. It fucking sucked. This thing was like a fucking Henry the fucking Hoover. They suck so much garbage. This joke wasn't very good. And uh, I'll tell you what it was, right? It was, gr- I'm telling you this now. It was gross. It was to do with, it was to do with geese. It was uh, like, that's not fucking gooses. Fannies. Oh, God. It was to do with fannies. Well, one fanny. I'll tell you about it. It's Sharon Stone, right? Calm down for a second. <laughs> Let me take a fucking. Can, sorry, can I take a fucking breath? Jesus Christ! So this was my Sharon Stone joke, right? And I said this a couple of times. People always ask me. They say, Tony, um, I understand that you gave up comedy for a while. You were in London. You were trying to make it, trying to take it. I was trying to take it, and I was trying to take it anywhere I could uh, in the world of comedy. And I gave up for a while. And the you know the the, the answer is I. Fucking, hey, you can call me fucking Dyson, because I fucking suck, huh? So, it's the same joke as the Hoover one, um, the Henry one. Um, But anyway, I fucking sucked, right? Uh, And this is an example of the sort of joke that I might say, and they were all fairly gross. I've tried to wean, you know, uh, some of the more blue blue stuff. I'm not bloody Roy Chubby Brown over here, you know what I mean? I'm trying to get that shit out out of my act, right? But this was my Sharon Stone joke, okay? Gary, it's fine. We're going fucking raw in this episode. We're going raw. We're not editing this. Daddy's editing this. And who's Daddy? He's got two thumbs. He's pointing at himself. It's me. I'll have to... Oh, you didn't see there. You'll see it in the live stream if we ever do that. Um, anyway, take a chill pill, man. This is my Sharon Stone joke, right? Now, this makes no sense even if you get it. And... All of this kind of preamble to try and describe, explain what this joke is. It's so not even worth this, right? But my Sharon Stone joke was thus. Hey, 
of course, you all know, famously, I start every joke with, hey. Hey. Um, hey, guys, what's the... What's, hey, guys. It's just you and me talking here. Hey. Hey, guys, what's the... What is the... What are... It wasn't even what's the difference. It was... Something like fucking how are Sharon Stone and a cheese sandwich alike? What? How? No, how is Sharon Stone like a cheese sandwich, right? So already people are like, this is going to be brilliant. Uh, how are, is Sharon Stone like a cheese sandwich? It's only after they're grilled. So hang on, I should just explain, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sharon Stone shows off her fanny In Basic Instinct Okay She gets interrogated by Michael Douglas And Newman from Seinfeld And she shows her fanny Her gee Right Um, Which What's What's No we won't, we won't talk about that I'm not going to talk about that I was going to say What's 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 the least offensive Whatever She shows off her gee When she's interrogated Right and it was famous in that it was one of these scenes in Basic Instinct, a film from fucking 1991, I think, um, or 93, or 92. Definitely one of those. I'm normally good at that. And famously, Blockbuster had even said, Blockbuster Video had said that all of their copies of the VHS were essentially worn out where people had paused it at this point. And it was difficult back then. You had the shakes. You would get the shakes on the screen to pause a VHS to see a fanny. And uh, whatever. People used to do this all the time. And it was, you know... It was a very iconic scene where she, you know, she, whatever, she shows her fanny, right? Just for a second. So this was my joke. Hey, how is Sharon Stone like a cheese sandwich? Well, it's only after they're both grilled do they reveal their salty, sweaty deliciousness, right? Okay. Oh, God. Hands up, hands up who just fucking winced at, at not only just... Like clumsy smut Clumsy smut Now obviously famously Cheese sandwiches You know when they're grilled are much better You know you had that mate in in school Who would have like a cheese sandwich for their lunch You know and it's like dry cheese It's not very good It doesn't let the the sweatiness out You need to sweat it Whatever Anyway So that was my joke Yeah that's it are we happy now? Are you happy you told the world that? Yeah, I know. You know, I'm obviously not averse to fannies. I'm with a woman. Um, and yeah, we were we were laughing there and we were out in the car. I'll get into, I, I said last week, obviously I had my driving test, a bit of an update. That's going to be coming up in the show. I'll be telling you about my experiences in the test centre and how that went down. I'll be speaking a little bit about Star Wars and all the recent revelations of the novella that's been put out of the rise of Skywalker and a small little recap of the final episode of Love is Blind, the reunion there. And plenty more to talk about as well. Um... But we were out. We were just while I'm on the topic of fannies. Um, I was. We were out there in the car, and uh, I was saying to my wife, uh, I said, "Terry, well, what do you think? What do you, know, do you know what that L plate stands for, right?" And she goes, "Oh, here he goes, here he goes, my beloved, never off the clock, this cunt, right?" Um, and I said, "Terry, dear, well, what do you think that L stands for there on the bonnet?" I said, uh, and she goes, "I don't know," and I said, "Lick out, master," <laughs> and we both laughed. I laughed at my joke and then Terry laughed at my joke as well. And I said, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get 
fucking stickers for spell out that word. I'm going to get, I have the L, right? So now I'm going to get on a white background, another fucking red. I-C-K-O-U-T-M-A-S-T-E-R. And I'm going to be speeding down the road, not being able to fucking see anything. And be like, oh, look at that guy. He's a fucking lickout master. And I'd be like, Straight into a fucking wall. Right, anyway, this is Tony Cantwell's shit show. Hey man, and I know ya. I don't have to fucking show you anything. My dad said I don't have to show you anything. Hey, I'm gonna tell on you. Um, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what? I can't stop singing. Um, I can't stop singing uh, three songs. I'm gonna tell you what they are right now. Number one is Climax by Usher. Going nowhere fast, we've reached the climax. Remember hearing that song when I was living in London, working in Selfridges, and I actually had to stop someone in the street and said, have you heard Climax by Usher, a stranger? And they were like, get away. <laughs> I'm not trying to come on to you. I'm just asking if you heard it. Um, and another song I can't stop singing is, and they all say, oh, now there never was there ever. So clever as magical Mr. Mustafa's. Feel free to hire me. Feel free to hire me for your musical or just to babysit your cat. Either or. Uh, I'm I'm look, it's March, March Madness, and I want to let you know for the month of March, Tony Cantwell is for sale. Every part of me is for sale, right? This podcast is for sale. This podcast, this is this is how it could sound, right? All right, how are you getting on? Welcome to Tony Cantwell's Shit Show, brought to you by BP, British Petroleum. Or, hey, welcome to Tony Cantwell's Shit Show, this week brought to you by Marlboro Pilgrims, the cigarettes for kids. Smoke them up, boy. <coughs> I will sell that and I will flog anything. Call, hey, you can call me a Roman soldier. At a crucifixion, because I'll flog anything. I will flog anything. I'm flogging. I will. Uh, I, you know, if you're a, if you're a brand, if you're a, if you're a, if you're a, <laughs> if you're, a, um, if you're a designer brand, if you are a local shopkeeper, if you're a fruit and veg, brought to you by, uh, Buster, whatever. Why would someone have... I was going to say Buster Douglas. Why would Buster Douglas have a fruit and veg? Right? doesn't matter. Uh, what matters is this podcast is for sale. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Tony, are you telling me your exclusive art, your art, of your art piece that you pr- uh, provide for free currently? Um, uh, uh, it's always, the podcast will always be free. But you know what I mean? You know what I mean? This, this, this free content, this piece of art that you give to the people Every single week. I don't forgot what I was going I forgot what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Are you telling me, are you telling me that I, as a business owner, can sponsor that? Surely to sponsor a piece of exclusive art 
you know, something that's never had a sponsor, surely something like that must be, what, tens of thousands of euro. No, 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 look, it's not going to be ten. Uh, look, it's not going to be tens of thousands here. Do you know what I mean? Well, let's, let's talk about it. You know, it's certainly uh, cost-effective, should we just say. Uh, do get in touch. Uh, everything must go. I am selling it all. I will do anything for cash. I don't need it. I'm on tour. It's going well. But you know what I mean? I'm, it's March Madness and everything is for sale. Everything must go. Um, so I'm talking about. Uh, so last week, um, last week I of course uh, said to you guys, wish me luck. You know, obviously this podcast comes out on Tuesday. I was sitting my driving test uh, on the Thursday, uh, and I want to thank everyone for your very kind words and your uh, your 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 words of wisdom and your your well wishes. Um, but unfortunately. You just didn't wish hard enough. You just didn't put it out there. You didn't visualize. You just didn't do the old, the secret, where you visualized me passing my test, and as a result, I failed. And it's your fault. I know. I know. Totally my fault. Totally my fault. Um, I'll tell you what happened, right? I'll tell you what happened. Uh, I tell you what happened, right? I was going out, right? I went out to went out to church town. Right, went out to Churchtown Test Centre, and uh, and your man, I aced, and this is what I went in. Right, I went in, went in early. I was in there mad early. Right, I even ironed my shirt. Right, uh, and was uh, had my hair up in a ponytail so it didn't look like a bloody reprobate. You know, not a bloody hippie because you never know. Could be like, oh, here's a hippie, here's a guy who's probably he's probably smoked. He probably had a big anaconda marijuana ciggy. Before he came in here. And he's probably like fucking magic school bus. Left and right. Swerving all over the road. This hippie. You never know who's going to be. It could be a really old man. So I went in there. I looked presentable. I looked fuckable. And uh, I went in. And then sat down with the guy. Um, was making a bit of small talk. I was like oh. Notice you have the old uh, hand sanitizer out there. Uh, did, you, did you just get that in? Or do you always have that there? I thought this was a brilliant. And he was like what? What? And I was like, oh, just you have hand sanitizer there, and the, the the thing looks new. It looks like a new hand sanitizer. Just wondering if you got that in for the coronavirus. And he goes, I don't know. And I was like, great. Asked me a couple of questions. Asked me what a fucking amber light is, and I'm like, this is going to be a piece of piss. It means stop unless it is unsafe to do so, right? Yeah, yeah amber. Do- and I was going to say amber. What's an amber light? And I'm tell you what it doesn't mean. Bloody speed up. <laughs> That's the that's just a bit of driving banter that you, you know you expect, and um, he was like, "Right, we'll go out to the car." Showed him everything. Showed him the lights. I showed him wherever it was. There's the coolant. There's the wiper fluid. There's the oil. You take out the dipstick. You give it a wipe. You dip it down again. Right? He was loving it. He was cracking up. Right? He was loving it. Gets in the car, um, and then he's like, "Right, just uh, at your own time." And I had the perfect spot. I had driven. In the in and out of the test center, so I had the perfect spot. I knew the perfect spot to pull out, right? So that would look like loads of space to do so, but also, you know, a nice little turn going up. Then you're kind of going up the ramp out of the test center. When you get to the top of the ramp, there's kind of this mirrored dome because you can't fully see what's coming from the right. You can kind of see what's coming from the left, but people tend to park on the right, so they have a mirrored dome. That was smashed, whatever. You can't be relying on mirrored domes, right? And I'm like, I'm oh, okay, you know, I can't rely on mirrored dome. I'm just going to have a look, you know, even listening. No cars coming, right? So then I, uh, I'm at the stop. 
pulling out, turn left. Car comes speeding down the right-hand side. I thought, I don't want to look like a coward here, right? Because I'm not going to do the big jolt thing. So I sped up. And, you know, the car was about four car lengths away. But turns out I fucking failed. I failed. I failed on the first fucking turn, right? I failed. He was like, right, can you just come up here, turn left. Okay, great, you failed. And I'm just going to sit here with you for 45 minutes knowing you failed while you're acting like a fucking idiot. So I, I, I'm going to swear. I don't need to swear. I failed. I got a Mark three for uh, for not no good observation because I thought right I'm going to speed out here, um, and then as well as that as well as that I got five Mark twos because I kept checking my blind spot when I was turning corners, a habit I only picked up the day before because I was told. That I wasn't checking my blind spot. So I said, you want me to check my fucking blind spot? I'm going to check my blind spot every fucking turn. You are going to fucking wish you never asked me to check my blind spot. Because I'm going to be doing it too much. And I did it too much. And he gave me five Mark twos, and then put me down as uh, as overly, uh, you know, overly cautious. The same sort of thing you give to somebody driving for 20, at uh, 20 miles an hour. He thinks I'm a coward because I'm checking over my shoulder too much. And then he brought me back and he was like, there you go. And it, it was impeccable. The driving was impeccable. Apart from that, it was unreal. But you know what? Look. I learned, I learned, right, from, who was it? Sales guru Brian Tracy, right? That what you need to do, the, the, the best thing to realize about your life is that you are responsible for all of it. Nothing is outside of your control. And I failed. I failed. I, it was my ability to respond, my responsibility and for me to pass the test. And I know now I did the pretest and I had about nine Mark twos and two Mark threes, which meant that I failed that. Right. And then this one, I had one Mark two and five or one Mark three and five Mark twos. So if it's me being overly cautious, I can drop that if it's me. And this is what and this is as well as well when he was like, so you kind of you turned left before the car came and then he was like creeping and peeping. Creeping and peeping, isn't that what we say? Creeping and peeping. So I've been saying that non-stop to Terry. Creeping and peeping. You should see me at a fucking stop sign now. If you want, if you did, if that was too cautious, then will you see me now? I'm like a tortoise. Tortoise. I failed. I failed my driving test. Um, and it's fine. Look, it's fine. It just means that it delay. It just means now. That me and my partner, Terry, are, n- are not equals. I was hoping I'd come home from this test. Not that she lords it over me, right? Of course, she was a big inspiration, shall we say. That's a nice way of putting it for me get doing the test in the first place. And I'm delighted she, she's, you know, motivated me to do the test. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to ace this fucking test. I'm going to come home. I'm going to slap that fucking license on the thing and be like, now we're equals, Terry. And as we're equals, peers, right? You're not lord in the fact that you drive over me. I now drive. We are equals. And now there's going to be a couple of changes around here, okay? A couple of changes now that we're equals. I don't know what they are yet, but when I think of them, you're going to be the first to know, all right? You'd be the first to know. Anyway, look, it's the best thing that could have happened, me not passing. I wasn't ready, okay? I wasn't ready. Thank you, RSA, 
for letting me know, for humbling me, right? Because I would have been, I would have been a braggy ass, a brag ass if I had passed, right? I would have been bragging to everyone. I would have been, I would have thought that I was some sort of like, um, some sort of savant at driving, right? Some genius. Uh, who was better at driving than other people, and I would have thought, oh, yeah, that red light doesn't kind of apply to me as much, right? I need to be humbled, okay? I know. I know myself. I need to be humbled. I would have uh, I would have had my my, my my darling wife still kind of assisting me in my driving process because that's the thing. They pass you up, as far, up to the point where they think that it's safe for you to be on the road, but there's still a lot of learning needs doing, right? So the last thing I need is to be in that car still kind of learning, I am good. I'm a, I am a good driver. I'm a pretty good driver, right? So far. But the la- the worst thing that could have happened is for me to be like, um, actually, I, I've already passed. So what you're saying, you know, I don't fucking, you know, don't be getting in my ears, right? I know what I'm talking about. Daddy Schumacher over here. I know what I'm doing. And so it's for the best, okay? So thank you. I won't say the name, but your man uh, in the Churchtown Driving Center, okay? You, you, um, and you, to be honest, it, it put it just allows me to live as a boy one day longer, huh? Live as a boy on my deathbed. I'd be like, oh god, I just wish I'd lived as a boy one day longer. So, thank you, RSA, for giving me another six fucking weeks of being a boy because I'm definitely gonna pass next time. But either way, guys, don't sweat the small stuff. Do you know what I mean? Do not sweat it. Go to the island with me, Bruno Mraz. Yeah. Where we don't sweat, we're just drinking tikis. We're drinking tiki. Everyone's got a bra with a coconut on it. And everyone's just chill. Putting some hog on the fire. Well, you done done. Failed your driving test. I don't do do day. You tried to pass, but. Whatever. Whatever. I don't have that. I don't have the song. I don't have the song. We're going fucking raw today. So me and my partner Terry are uh, not equals uh, for another day. She is a better person than me. Um, speaking of equals, I watched that god awful, the god awful Love Is Blind um, reunion, reunion episode. Uh, and I'll tell you this. I'm going to give a boners review of this before I even go into it. Boner no likey. Boner thought it was shit. What I don't like about Love is... What I didn't like about the Love is Blind thing, right? And also, this is the kind of... This is what kind of Nick... I think the Nick Lachey effect had on it, right? Is that every time Nick Lachey showed up, I remembered that this was a kind of a game show, right? That this was a situation that these people were put in that this isn't a situation i mean of course hey as i just said responsibility guys it's your responsibility it's you you're if you sign up to something like that it's your responsibility do you know what i mean but whenever nick lachey obviously and obviously i'm nick lachey showed up i was reminded that this was an experiment they were put in so them kind of acting a little bit weird drinking a bit too much you know saying things for tv and cameras all this stuff was kind of you know it was a it was a a corrupted experiment. Love was blind for anyone who uh, has just listened to this episode, didn't listen to the previous episode, was a Netflix reality show where you had people go into 
boys and girls, uh, heterosexual couples come together, uh, date each other through frosted glass so that they didn't actually know who was on the other side. And then they'd have to propose and get married to each other. Some people did. Some people didn't. Some people fell out uh, altogether. And this was a kind of reunion episode. But seeing them all sitting here talking about this, similarly to when Nick Lachey showed up, it made me, you know, it reminded me that these are people People have flaws and people were kind of put in a fairly weird situation and, of course, acted weird. They can't be held up on a litmus test against what they would do day to day. So this was kind of just like they all just seem nice and they all just seem like they just whatever. They got caught up in the thing, you know, and I don't like that. I want to blame them for the people they are. I want to blame Jessica for drinking too much. I want to blame, you know, Damien for being in contrast to a sociopath of a fiancé, a little bit kind of dumb and a bit, you know, gormless and a bit like he fucking looks like he's a make-a-wish child who just won a competition. You know, I want to I wanna make Amber out to be uh, a too loud, uh, irresponsible. Like, I want to do all these things, but then you see them there, they're talking, and it's like, these are just fucking human beings. And it just takes the fun out of it. If I can't slag them, then what's the point? You know what I mean? Why would you ever watch this thing? Like, I, I wonder if this is people who watch this being like, I really hope they all get together. Oh, no, they're fighting now. Oh, God, I really hope they're all able to work this out and get. No, you want to slag them. You want. Like, you know, it's not healthy. It's not healthy, but I want to see. I didn't like seeing them now where they're kind of like, oh, yeah. And some of the, I'll get into it. I'll get into one again. Right. So Barnett uh, is dressed like fucking Robin Thicke. He's got some fucking zebra jacket on, right? Uh, and Robin Thicke, more like Robin Thicke with CC. He's looked like he's put on a couple of pieces. He looks like he's a. Looks like his face is filled out a little bit. That's all I'm saying, right? And uh, I can't throw stones because I have 13 of them uh, on my body. Uh, and I need to get down to 12. I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to get down. Anyway, Robin, Robin, Robin Thicke and Amber are still together. Uh, and this is what I don't get, right? Amber says a lot of stuff. She's like, so how, how, you know, how's the marriage been? And she's like, well, I haven't killed him yet. And I'm like, have you fucking heard you? She's always saying, oh, he, Barnett, you frustrate me so much. You said, like, have you actually heard? Do you, are you aware of who, who you are? Like, this is the most annoying woman. This is the most annoying woman in the whole, in the whole thing, right? She, she has a ridiculous laugh. She drinks a bottle of wine rather than go to work. You know what I mean? And then she's with this guy being like, oh, you frustrate me so much. Like, what world are you living in, right? And then you have Carlton on this thing. Remember Carlton, the big pound shop caramo, I was calling him very, very hilariously. Um, and he, he's on the show again, right? Um, as well as Diamond, right? These, these, this couple didn't even make it out of Mexico. And they're, and they're leeching off this thing. But it does actually turn out, and I'll get onto it in a second, there is a reason that they're on this, right? Uh, although Diamond uh, Diamond says, she's like, uh, what have you been up to? Diamond says, yeah, still waiting on Beyonce to call. And everyone laughed. That was um, what should have been a clanger in America um, was, um, what's the opposite of a clanger? A bouncy ball. It was a bouncy ball. And everyone laughed. Um the, yeah, it gets it gets a bit awkward. So then they start chatting to Barnett, right? Barnett, obviously, who had a couple of girls on the go, right? A couple of browsers on the go. They show a video of that, and Amber lays into Jessica. This is what we wanted to see. She says, bitch, you are so fake. And then she says something, 
which I think is genius, right? And this is Amber, who I don't like, and I found very annoying, right? She says, the world doesn't need people like you. And that was class. I love that. And then how is it spoiled? Jess, Jessica apologizes. This is not what I want. I want the airing of grievances and I want clashes and I want it to be edited to make it look worse than it is. I don't want to remind I don't want to remember that these are real people. <laughs> I want it, them to live in perpetual agony. Anyway, then fucking Nick Lachey says he's proud of her as well. Proud of Jessica. He's proud of everyone. Um, then Lauren and Damien, who are obviously Damien. So what's happened is uh, Damien and uh, Giannini are, are, are still together. He left her high and dry at the altar and he's they're still together. And you know what? Probably was the right decision. She was rushing into this thing. She They still didn't really know much about each other. He was like, I don't, I want to be with you, but I don't want to marry you right now. He actually just, Mr. Make-A-Wish was able to kind of circumnavigate the competition and get his get his own. Now, what she's still doing with him, I don't know. You know, to be fair, you know, they just, they, they deserve each other, right? Uh, Damien is a guy who I've described previously as a guy who looks like he's won a competition or the Make-A-Wish Foundation, right? Although she's a bit fucking... She's a bit of a sociopath as well. She looks like she's kind of like toying. She has the eyes of someone who looks like she's toying with her food, right? But they both seem quite humbled. They seem seem like they're together. Uh, and then it's revealed that Damien and Lauren, Lauren, who's now with Cameron, had been kind of dating multiple times in the uh, in, in the pods. Uh, and then Damien says, yeah, we used to do uh, Star Wars voices together. Which means, which basically just means a Yoda voice, right? Top drawer. Top drawer banter, right? Um, and then Nick Lachey, right? Nick Lachey, I'm not having to go Americans, right? But they do, they kind of do this thing where they kind of do this kind of cadence where if I'm speaking slow, it's more insightful. So he says, you formed, I don't know, should we put it, an emotional connection? And I suppose after that, we're able to form a physical one? And everyone's like nodding like that's the most insightful thing. Like literally that's all they ever say. We had an emotional connection. Now we've got boring, boring. Anyway, it's fucking boring. Anyway, let's skip right, skip right through this. Diamond apparently was getting a hiding online for being biphobic. For being biphobic because she didn't want to be with a guy who uh, who was bisexual. Which I, I, to be fair, you know, I thought at the time, is that not a bit dodge? Is that not a bit fucking, you know, in this day and age? Should you not be tolerant completely? He says he's going to be married. He says he just wants to be with you, you know. But, you know, do you, if you're if you're worried or or you don't trust him, you know, do you want to have, do you want to, do you want his eyes to be fucking busy all the time? Like, do you want him to be looking at everyone? Not to say, you know, whatever, you're bisexual, you're going to get married, that's fine. But I, I, I respect, you know, well, I don't respect it, but I, I accept it, you know. I think he should probably tolerate it, but I accept the fact you might not want to be with someone because... They're, they've previously been bisexual if you're insecure about them having eyes going 90 looking at everything looking at a fucking tree I'm not saying that bisexual people have sex with trees I'm not saying that whatever I'm gonna fucking it's not that I don't think this is interesting it's just I'm not finding it interesting right Carlton or whatever uh, he also was getting hiding um, death threats but all both of them both of them both these people got death threats the one who got bullied uh 
and and had a ma- and was slagged for having a wig was was getting death threats for not wanting to marry someone who was previously bisexual and Carlton boring 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 Carlton uh, was also getting death threats because uh whatever he wasn't nice to his fiance on a reality show I realize I'm kind of flip-flopping in the fact that you know it's the sort of people who would send those death threats these keyboard warriors as uh Vanessa Lachey would put it you know that I'm kind of like that in that I kind of want I don't want to believe these people are real. I would never message them, but I want to dislike them. Do you know what I mean? I want to actively dislike these people. Anyway, Carlton then does something fucking mad, right? Carlton then gets up and he's like, I came here because what I want to do is apologize and to do this. And he walks over to her, gets down on one knee. She looks fucking terrified. And he goes, don't worry, I'm not proposing. I want to propose as a friend for us to be friends. And he takes out the ring that she had thrown into the pool. And he says, will you take this ring and be my friend? She takes the ring. And she's like, yeah. And he goes, put it on. And she's like, okay. Like, this whole moment that was meant to be like for someone else, you know. Anyway, she puts it on. Nick says, there's a lot of passion. There's a lot of passion. Uh, Giannini and Damien. They keep saying about how they found, how Damien says to Giannini, with you I have found my equal. Could you imagine Ant more condescending? And I know I'm talking about Terry that me wanting to be equals, but at the moment she's got the fucking front foot out. Do you know what I mean? Um, I have finally met someone. Baby, I have met someone in you who is as good as me. Oh, be. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud you decided to go out with me. So they're still together, blah, 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 blah. Jessica um, is saying she apologizes. She apologizes. This is not what I want. I don't want to see people do things that are like cringe TV and then realize that what they did was cringy and then apologize. I want everyone, I want them all just to be mad. I want them all just to be insane people. But it just goes to show, like, what, 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 you know. I, I bought into it. I watched... A very unenjoyable show. Uh, this is the thing. I watched a very unenjoyable show because my friends are watching it, right? I watch it. I didn't want to watch it. I ended up watching it. And then I ended up watching fueling this kind of, I mean, this kind of public shaming. You know, that's essentially what it is. And then when they go on TV to defend themselves and to say that, oh, you know, I'm actually sorry for how I acted. It's like boring. I don't want to see that. I don't. I dislike you now. I liked you in a kind of crazy way. I just dislike you now. Whatever. And um, Cameron and Lauren are together. Like, bo- like whatever. Boring. Anyway, this is another thing I want to talk about, right? Um, I want to talk about... <sighs> Why does this always happens? This always happens. Like, it's fine. This is just... This is the podcast. <laughs> this is the podcast. This is what people... I'll give a little recap. And now I'm going to talk about something else. I want to talk about... Whoa there, Tony from the past. Let me stop you. This is Tony from the future. You see, what I was about to do now was speak about Star Wars, uh, the rise of Skywalker, and the differences between the film and the recent book novelization that was released. Now, don't worry if you're a Star Wars no, That is coming at the very end. But as soon as I started talking about Star Wars, when I finished that, I started talking about the Eurovision Song Contest and Ireland's entry this year. And then I realized, you know what? There's probably going to be a lot of people who tune out after me 
talking about Star Wars that won't know that I was talking about the Eurovision Song Contest. I know how podcasts work, okay? Wasn't fucking born yesterday. So I decided to rejig it. So what you're going to hear next is me talking about the Eurovision Song Contest. And then after that, through some little clever editing, uh, you'll hear me talk about Star Wars. Uh, And be sure, though, even if you don't like Star Wars, to listen all the way to the end, because I've got a little bit of an announcement to talk about a potential Patreon page that's going to be coming up. Back to you, past Tony. Um, the Irish Eurovision entry. Now, I realise now I come from a sense, I, I come from a position of broadcast here, right? And Ireland is a very small place. So, and the thing is, I actually don't necessarily dislike the, the Eurovision song. Actually, hang on, let's play it. Let's have a listen to it and we'll, we'll talk over it. See you like that. Bit of a Carly Rae Jepsen. I threw a wish in a well. Cool, right? Cool. You know, got a nice beat to it. Set up quite a set of pipes on her. This uh, this Leslie Roy. Okay, I get it. You know, like I get it. Sounds like a pop song. And the guitar, you know, it's kind of a kind of got a bit of a pop punk vibe. You know, a bit of a Paramore vibe. You know what I mean? See, I like that. That's more distortion than I've heard in previous songs from Ireland. Don't like the na-na-na-na-na. I don't, I, I dislike that. And my life is mine. You know, it's like, it's, you know, we're speaking to Europe here. You know, not, the English isn't the first language. I'm trying to explain that, you know. Life, my life is my life, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I've heard that, you know. Like, I get it. Like, it's good. It's, you know... Look, I'm I'm going to compare every single Eurovision song to the greatest song, the greatest Eurovision song of all time, Euphoria by Lorraine. As you know, this is the one. I'm fucking pumped already, John. Oh. Listen to that. My nipples are literally unbuttoning my shirt. They're so hard. And you think, how does it get better? What an absolutely unbelievable banger. That's the standard. I feel like we need to be holding this up to to Lorene standards, right? Um... You know, I don't. Uh, you know, it's 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 a fun song. If I heard Katy Perry, if I heard Katy Perry released it, I'd be like, "That's oh, not bad," and I'm sure it would grow on me. You know, um, you know, am I doing anything to try and make the songs any better? No, I don't know if I can be. You know, why? Well, yeah, I will just say though, a song that I feel was robbed, that I feel we should have won the Eurovision for, was a little track called Only Love Survives by Ryan Dolan. Uh, that was 2013, the year after Lorene. So maybe they did one another dancey track, but this is that tune. Now when you're watching this live, there's big beefy lads who look like Wolverine playing massive Bowerons, right? There's tribal tattoos everywhere, right? Listen to the pipes on this chap. Like it's getting, ah. Oh. And you just think, this is a, a folky kind of Bowron heavy. Oh, 
Are we in the club right now? Am I coming out of the jacuzzi now? My water levels are bouncing out my ear. What's coming out of the water? Is it a fucking leviathan of a beat? Is that what's coming up? The fucking Kraken. C-R-A-I-C. Of a beat. Coming here. And whipping out the old U2. The best. I'm going to say it. I don't give a fuck. This is the best Eurovision, Irish Eurovision song ever. I know it didn't win. It just doesn't stop. It doesn't have a chorus. It doesn't have a verse. It doesn't have a bridge. It just keeps adding bits onto the song. Like you don't even realize it. You're back in the chorus again. Out of nowhere. Unreal. Ireland's greatest entry there. Ireland's greatest entry. I'm not, of course, talking about bloody Georgia Salpa's hoop. I'm indeed talking about Ryan Dolan with Only Love Survives. Will we be able to survive ourselves in this year's Eurovision? Only time will tell. See how good I would be at the fucking Eurovision. Get me in there. Get me in that booth. Let me voice over the Eurovision. I promise I won't let you down. Please. <laughs> what am we talking to? Um... I think it's a, I think it's a good I think it's a good fun pop song. There, you know what I mean. I think we need to stand by our entries. Backs to the wall, lads. If you know what I mean. Only messing. I'm not having a go at any, um, you know. Um, but I think we need to stand by our entries, and we need to defend them. This is Ireland. If you guys hopped on the fucking cricket bandwagon when we beat England that time, then you need to get behind. Leslie Roy this year and every year we need to act like this is the best song we've ever heard in our entire lives I can't do that because I know Ryan Dolan's Only Love Survives exists but I think it's going to win I think Leslie Roy is going to win and we're all going to be laughing and I'm going to be hosting and now a bit of Star Wars you want this don't you the rise of Skywalker which still guess what there was no Rise of Skywalker. And guess what? There was no Last Jedi. Like, like, they're, tr- like they, they're, they're trolling in the titles. Phantom Menace? Yeah, there was a Phantom Menace. Attack of the Clones? Clones attacked. Revenge of the Sith? Sith come back. Right? A New Hope? Yeah, there's a New Hope. Yeah, Empire Strikes Back? Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Jedi Returns. Force Awakens? Okay. Thing wakens up. The Force is back. Oh, no, wait, though. Hang on, though, because she's the last Jedi. Except in the film, I'm going to show you that there's actually a million Jedi. There's even a kid who can is Jedi-sensitive with a broom. Finn's, Je- you know, uh, but Luke Skywalker's dead. Next one, uh, the rise of Skywalker. Was Skywalker back? No. No. No, no, he's not. So why did you... Well, let me tell you, uh, because, uh, the uh, you know, Rey, uh, she decides... She decides the fella that she went to go visit. The fella she knew nothing about, but went to go visit for a week... And Skelligs, his name was Skywalker. Leia's surname was Organa. She could have become Organa. She could have become anything. She could have become uh, Dameron, Poe Dameron. She could have become Ray Dameron. She could have become Finn, whatever. Ray Finn. Manta Ray Finn. She could have been like, I'm just Ray. Which would have been way better. I'm just Ray. Yeah, that's right. Daisy Ridley, you worked your fucking ass off for this role. You can be whoever you want. Just Ray. Brilliant. And then it's all this fucking. 
fucking legacy chauvinist bollocks. Oh, which has to be a Skywalker. Anyway. That's just my issue with the title, right? And I have, as, as everyone knows, I got issues with this shit, right? But I want to talk a little bit about, oh, and this is the other thing, right? This whole Ray Skywalker stuff. <sighs> Disney decide that's going to be the ending, right? That she says, I'm Ray Skywalker. No reason. Like, there's no reason. There's no connection as to why she would say that, right? In the film. Literally, she saw him for a week. Didn't really get on very well with him. She, he kind of shat on all the kind of Jedi stuff. And then she didn't really see... She didn't even see him rock up in his force projection to, to defend them and all this. She didn't see any of that shit, right? She was off helping people with rocks. So she literally saw this guy for like a week. Stole his Bible and then ran off. Okay? His Bible as well. Fucking... Ah. Oh, the force Bible. That Luke just... Anyway. So Disney decided that's going to be the ending. Ah, right? oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Ray Skywalker. Great. And then the Disney marketeers, the Mouseketeers, uh, put out the trailer for the Blu-ray. And then in it they say, I'm Ray Skywalker. Spoil the ending. Spoiling the ending. It's literally like having no idea what you have. It's like finding, you know. It's like, you know, they find those big things and they're like, oh, this staff was believed to have been, you know, a wizard staff or a shaman staff. And it's clearly got a big cock on it, you know, from like a hundred years ago. And you just can see people would be just be laughing at us in history. Being, they don't even know what that is. That's a giant dildo. And they think it's some sort of magic staff. What, they think Newgrange was a burial tomb? No, no, it was, a, it was a play school. You know, whatever. Not a great example, but you know what I mean. They don't even know what they have. It's like they didn't even know that's, that's the ending. Anyway, anyway. So they released these um, novels. The novelization of The Rise of Skywalker, essentially looking to fill in all the blanks. And this is what annoys me. You see these tweets and it's like, the novelization reveals that the film actually... No, 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 no. If you didn't get it across in an already convoluted, almost two and a half hour, three hour film, then you're not throwing in the fact that there was a clone. If they didn't say that they were a clone... In the film, then it's not canon, right? So you're not having that. I'm not taking that. But I'm going to go into that, right? So I'm going to go through a break, uh, you know, a list of all the stuff that they didn't explain in the film that Screen Rant have compiled a list of. And this is apparently now canon, canonical, right? So bear with me. I'm going to be talking about Star Wars. All right, here we go. Can you hear me? My mouth. Here we go, right? Uh, first and foremost. Okay, so so Screen Rant has basically compiled. There's all the kind of Kylo. So there's a lot of Kylo Ren and, and Rey stuff here, right? And I have to say, right? I loved, I love, I've said this before. I loved Adam Driver in this. I love Daisy Ridley in this. I think they're both attractive. I want to see them. Boner likey to see them. Fuck, right? Whatever. I don't even know what I am anymore, right? Um, so, boner likey to see these two uh, fuck, right? Uh, and then they take, they even take that shit away, right? So, in the novelization, there's been a couple of changes. One is that uh, the kiss that they share, 
which even though I said this in the previous podcast, any kind of thing in this film that I could try and enjoy, I couldn't because it was built on a mound of shit. It was like back in the boom times when they were building out on fucking peat out by swords and all the places, all these, you know, uh, all these building apartment blocks uh, had to then just be shut down and everyone lost millions, right? Because they were built on shit. So anything that was um, worked in this, like them and their chemistry, like the kind of force power that they had where they could kind of have this unbelievable force connection that they could potentially, you know, pass you know things to each other see this is what i was kind of I could, I could get into right this is maybe where the last jedi could have made, made made sense where it's like yeah enough of the jedi order right enough of this kind of um boring 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 we're people who wear these cloaks we can't have emotions and all this stuff how about let's lean into those emotions how about that there is no jedi there is no sith there is just an unbelievable connection by these two people who really want to just get down and bone they want to get they want to bone so much they can literally pass each other fucking grapes in space essentially right because we saw that in the rise uh, of skywalker so i have no issue with that but then it comes down to it where it's like, okay, they finally get together and they kiss. And then the book changes it so that the kiss wasn't romantic. But it was a sense of gratitude, right? So where is it? I have it here in screen round. A kiss of gratitude, right? What's the, what's the actual... Um, Star Wars confirms Ray and Ben's kiss wasn't romantic. Right, what's the, the line? There's a line here. His heart was full as Ray reached for his face, let her fingers linger against his cheek, and then... Wonder of wonder, wonder of wonders. She leaned forward and kissed him. A kiss of gratitude. Acknowledgement of their connection. Celebration that they'd found each other at last. But then she grew back, concern on her face. She could feel him growing cold. He had given Ray back to the galaxy. It wouldn't atone for the darkness he'd wrought. But it was what he could do. No! No! They scored! They can't just take that away. What's that canon now? And who's going to say this? So if you don't get that across, JJ, you know I love you. Well, I don't. You don't. I respect you in some capacity. I'd love if you hired me for a job someday. But if you don't get that across in your film, you can't have it. Right? You can't have it. So no, I'm not taking that. Their kiss fucking wasn't romantic. And also as well, how do you do this? How do you whip this one out of the novelization, right? Kylo's final words to Rey. So now, so it says here, the book takes more time to describe how Ben was able to send Rey his parting message, uh, which was equal parts sad and hopeful. Right? Enough of this shit. Uh, a voice came to her through the force, clear and strong. I will always be with you, Ben said. Uh, and then she says, no one's ever really gone. She whispered. So what, they just cut that out of the film, did they? Oh, we just don't have time for that. I was going to cut out his final words. No, didn't happen, right? There was no, uh, so there was no force ghost at the end of the film. Which was like, oh, why isn't there a force ghost? What is he, a Sith? Why is he, he can't come back? So no, if you, if you, you can't, I'm not having it, right? Didn't happen. Okay? Didn't happen. So what, you just, and this is, Oh, would well, you know that actually in the novelization he, he says, no, no, you're not having that. And here's all, and this is where I'm going to get into the stuff that really, that really pissed me off, right? This is all the Palpatine shit, right? And you know what? Only in the last couple of, of months, 
I've become I've become back I, I, I've been and this is this is how fucking a waste of this is how much I waste my time I haven't even been watching the prequels but I've been watching videos about the prequels breaking down scenes and talking about that on YouTube I've been addicted to watching videos and listening to podcasts about people uh, watching the prequels and talking about the prequels and the main takeaway of it is um, what's your man's name who plays Palpatine Ian McDermott Ian McDonald, uh, Ian Palpatine, Palpatine, Ian McDermott, yeah. Ian McDermott is unbelievable as Palpatine, even in the prequels, that whole Darth Plagueis. Like, you can't blame him for having shit makeup put on him in episode three to make it look like, oh, well, he got electrocuted, so his face erodes. How about he just looks exactly like he does, and then years later when we see him in the... In, anyway, that's a different film. That's a different film. But I, I thought what they did to his face when they put all that weird... I mean, not even Star Trek Deep Space Nine level of makeup on him. Anyway, nonsense. Um, But I love... I actually do love Palpatine. He's a fantastic villain in Return of the Jedi. He's genuinely scary. And he's genuinely good. He's a genuinely most interesting part of the prequels. Everyone else, like, everyone else being an absolute drip. Obi-Wan being a drip. Qui-Gon being boring. It's it's the, the campiness of Ian McDermott's performance as the Emperor is the most interesting thing about this, right? So forget about the fact... Forget about the fact that the Emperor has no right being in this film having never been the villain leading up to this point. They essentially retcon the film so that in the first five minutes, we see that uh, there are people who look like uh, Supreme Leader Snoke in these uh, cloning tubes on the planet of Exegol, right? Literally in the first five minutes, the Emperor, the dead speak, the Emperor's back, right? And it establishes... The emperor, like what? The emperor doesn't. Blah, 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 blah. Maybe, maybe you didn't need. Maybe you didn't need a big new emperor for this film, right? But not only do they bring the emperor back, they make it more convoluted than that. They make it now, and this has been retconned now in the book, that Palpatine made, made Snoke, which they kind of establish in the film, right? Because you see the kind of cloned bodies of Snoke, right? So he decided. Which okay. So okay, I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna make a clone, uh, and I want him to look like uh, not like me. So he's a clone of me, but he doesn't look like me. He looks instead like a ten foot tall, um, like decrepit, head dented, voiced by Andy Circus, supreme leader. Like how? Okay, so how did he even become supreme leader? Did he, did he, so did he create this clone as a grown-up clone? Because we've seen in the cloning technology, if we're getting into fucking cloning here, we've seen in the cloning technology that when it was Django Fett and the clone troopers, they had to be raised from babies and they were given things to speed up. So he was cloned. So he just cloned, so you just, I suppose, so when you clone something, it's a grown, so it was a grown man. So it was a grown Snoke. So this grown Snoke who looks nothing like who it's based on, right, is becomes the supreme leader of 
the First Order? Was he always the supreme leader of the First Order? How did the First Order grew? Did he have to start by being a commander? Did he start by being a, a, a admiral? How did he become supreme leader? And so are you telling me that he created someone? So he, he created a clone of himself to start a new empire specifically to then get killed by Kylo Ren. Because that's what it says here, right? It says that Snoke, that Palpatine made Snoke as a test for Kylo Ren. This is what the fucking book says, right? It says, um, the rise of Skywalker uh, reveals Palpatine created Snoke specifically, specifically as a test for Kylo Ren. You did well to destroy him, the Emperor says to Kylo. So Snoke was merely a stepping stone for Kylo Ren's journey to the Sith throne. So what he builds, so this is the Emperor's big picture here, is that he, oh, so this is the other thing, right? It also establishes that this Emperor, the Emperor that we see on the drip, this decaying, so you know the way you saw how the Emperor practically died, was thrown down the thing, and is now being kept alive on a drip? Um, essentially, this this clone isn't the Emperor. This is the... It, this is so stupid. It's so dumb. Right. I'm going to actually... Do you, know, do you know what? My responsibility. I'm now going to flip this now and say how brilliant it is. Right? Because I'm, I'm getting bored of being how angry I am. So a genius move, right? So then well, this is what happens, right? So apparently the Emperor, um, the Emperor that you see on the drip is actually a clone, Right? Because uh, it says in the book that the emperor's actus, the, the clone houses the emperor's actual spirit. So don't worry, once this clone is dead, that's the emperor uh, officially dead. Um, it says that the rise of Skywalker's Palpatine is a clone of the emperor. The original body died. The original body died. So in in the so you know the iconic scene that you love from Return of the Jedi. Arguably, I mean it's. It's, for me, probably my my second favorite Star Wars film, Empire Strikes Back, then Return of the Jedi, then A New Hope. So, the, you know, of the three good ones, yeah, it's retconning that. This is so bad that it now has to actually change what we know about what we didn't see behind the scenes at Return of the, in Return of the Jedi, right? I don't even know if this fucking makes sense, right? But basically it says, uh, based on what it says early in the book, um... Readers probably had some idea how the Emperor survived the Battle of Endor, but towards the end, fans get to see exactly how it happened. Motivated by the flickering light he sensed in Darth Vader, Palpatine had been making his necessary preparations for his eventual death for years. So when Anakin, Darth Vader, throws him into the Death Star shaft, Palpatine thrust his consciousness far, far away into his clone body that was already there on Exegol. The transfer was imperfect and the clone wasn't an ideal vessel for his power. So when did he do that? This is so stupid. This is so... So to fill in the blanks, okay. So you see the prequel trilogy. It's Senator Palpatine. At some stage, he then is building an army bigger than the Empire... On Exegol. 
So while he's building the army on Exegol, he also has clone versions of his body there. That's building an army bigger than the Empire with uh, what resources? Doesn't matter, right? Then he decides that he's not going to be able to live forever and needs a protege. Like, you know what? I want I want someone to fucking sit down and tell, look me in the eyes and tell me this, right? I want someone from Lucasfilm to sit down and look me in the eye and tell me this with a straight face, right? So then while he's on Exegol, so anyway, while he's building a fleet bigger than the Empire, bigger than the First Order, who doesn't even exist yet, right? Um, he is planning to have someone to... So what? So you're telling me, right? Okay, so he's the Emperor. He becomes the Emperor of the Galaxy, right? He starts the Empire. The Empire are taking over the, the Galaxy. Uh, he already, at some point, has gone to the Sith planet of Exegol, where he is... On on the outskirts of the galaxy, right? So he's based on a star destroyer or 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 or, or the the Death Star. Um. So he is has clones of himself, and for generations his followers have labored to build an, a fleet bigger than the Empire. So then what he decides to do. So then apparently then when he's cast into the shaft, he puts his consciousness into the clone he had prepared. And then starts the First Order with a clone, a different clone, which then, which, which the only intention of which is to get the guy who threw him down the shaft's grandson to be his new leader, to be the new, to sit, to sit on the throne of the Sith. Is that Kathleen Kennedy, what you're telling me? Or if I said this, if I actually said this to Kathleen Kennedy, would you be like, what What the fuck did you do? I don't even know what fucking words you're saying. And here's another one. Get this, yeah? You know the way Ray is Palpatine's granddaughter? Well, get this. Ray's father is apparently a failed Palpatine clone. There's... So he views his clones as his sons, does he? So let's get this, right? This is what it says on Screen Rant. Um, when it was determined Palpatine's clone, seeing Rise of Skywalker wasn't suitable for the Emperor's essence, members of the Sith Eternal went to work on engineering a new body for their master's spirit. One of their attempts is described as a useless, powerless failure, who nonetheless was still perfectly healthy. So this not-quite-identical clone couldn't house his power... But they still, uh, but was still of use uh, since he was allowed to venture out in the universe and eventually became Ray's father. So all of those who is Ray's grandmother theories can go to rest. She doesn't have one since her father was a failed clone. So this bit does spare fans the unpleasant mental image of Palpatine having a love life which uh, some will be thankful for. It, it, it'll it be interesting to see if Ray's father, who remains nameless, will be explored in future canon materials. Oh, that'll be great. Oh, yeah. Let's have more of Ray's dad, the failed Palpatine clone. Um, perhaps Palpatine hoped this failed clone could be a new vessel uh, for him, with Ray being a fallback option. 
Um, oh. So while, and here's another one. Um, yeah. Okay, so that's it. So yeah, so these these are the revelations, right? Ray and uh, Kylo's kiss wasn't romantic; it was gratitude. Uh, Palpatine, the decaying body, was a clone that had been set up generations previously, just in case Darth Vader got wind that he didn't want to be Darth Vader anymore and fucked him down an elevator shaft or whatever it is. Um, and then Palpatine had clones on a different planet. He had a different empire there. Like another family, like a secret family. He then set up the First Order and its supreme leader, r rose him through all of the ranks just so he could be killed. So Kylo could be put to the test. Uh, what else we got? Um, yeah, they built the Sith fleet and uh, yeah, he survived. And, and, and Ray's dad is, uh, is a failed clone who... How many... Oh, God... Like, these are supposed to be movies. And how is it, right, that a... How is it a book? You couldn't just leave it like the Emperor... He just survived. You know? He, he, he just survived. Like, why? And also... Okay. All right, calm down. It's just a fucking film. It's just a fucking film. It's just a fucking film. But what really annoys me now is that I have to think that when my favourite scene genuinely gave me chills, and I think I cried when I first saw it, when Darth Vader realizes that his son his son which you can add more you can add more color to it as well his closest connection to padme if you want to get into the, if you want to get into the prequels if you want to accept the prequels in your heart right then he sees his son reminds him of his humanity reminds him of his of his wife who he fell in love with reminds him as well of the innocence of being a child when he first thought that she was an actual angel reminds him of his connection to tatooine and his mother right Picks up this emperor. Fucks him down the shaft. Now what happens is the emperor knew that was going to happen. Oh, he already planned all that. No, Darth Vader couldn't, didn't even, didn't act in any kind of level of defiance. Was not a surprise. In fact, he had a body waiting for him on fucking Exegol. Where is Exegol? Doesn't matter. That's what annoys me. Is when you start changing the things that I like. That I have to fit in space or motivations that weren't there, that aren't there. So do you know what? This is what's going in my mind, Canon. A summarized version of the prequels that are better than they actually are, that I'm making up in my head. The trilogy and the Mandalorian. That's all. What happened? What happens after uh, Return of the Jedi? Who knows? Maybe Luke sets up a school. Maybe Luke uh, sets up a Jedi Academy. And they all live happily ever after. I do not welcome these movies into my heart or into my mind. Now, see, wasn't that smart? I thought that was pretty smart. Changing around again, you know, putting the Eurovision stuff in the middle, putting the old Star Wars stuff at the end. So I'm going to have to change it up there. Um, oh, I'm shaking everything. So thanks very much for listening, guys and girls. Uh, gender fluids. No biphobes, though, huh? Hey, if you're a biphobe, get out of here. Take your headphones out, shove them up your ass. Shove them up Ireland's entry, if you know what I mean. Um, but thank you very much for, for, for listening to the show. And in general, listening to this podcast, this podcast in general. I really enjoy doing it. It's something that I've probably been the most consistent with. I don't even think I, when I'm the 
two, three years ago in the Facebook days, I did even 15 videos on the trot every week. So I really do appreciate uh, you guys being there to motivate me. Um, I did say I'm going to be announcing a Patreon. So here I am. I'm going to announce a Patreon. At the end of this month, I'm going to launch a Patreon page for this podcast, but also in general for my body of work. Uh, if this is, if this podcast or the things that I do are to the point where you think, do you know what? I really enjoy those. I wouldn't mind throwing him the equivalent of a cup of, cup of coffee or a pint once a month because I enjoy them to that capacity. Most importantly, if you can afford it to do it, there's going to be the facility for you to do that. Uh, this podcast is still going to be free, but there are benefits in becoming a Patreon member. One, you're part of the club. And with that, you're going to be getting a Fuck the Boats badge. That's right. Tony Cantwell's Fuck the Boats badge. Stand in unity at the dumbest idea ever in blocking off Dublin Bay to build a road from Hoth to Dunleary there. You're going to have an enamel Fuck the Boats badge that shows your membership for this podcast. As well as that, there's going to be a new podcast, a fresh podcast every single month, a movie podcast or TV. It's, I'm going to be basically taking your direct uh, your direct suggestions. You're going to be able to tell me what you want me to review, and I'm going to be going step by step, like I've done with the toy show or movies, and give it a star rating um, in that format. And that's going to be an extra podcast once a month just for patrons um, of the Patreon. As well as that, how are you going to be able to contact me and let me know what you want me to cover on this podcast? I'm going to tell you, you're going to be part of my close friends group on my Instagram. And with that, you're going to be able to communicate directly to let me know what videos uh, or what uh, what movies, what TV shows you want me to cover, as well as when we have the occasional Agony Ant or Q&A episodes, you're going to be able to provide those questions directly. As well as that, you're going to have priority for all of my upcoming gigs in the future, whether that's me doing my live stand-up or when we start doing the Tony Cantwell live shit shows. We have one penciled in for a venue, uh, at the end of April, that's going to be all about the Eurovision. It's me talking about the Eurovision for an hour, possibly with a guest, possibly with a Eurovision uh, artist. I don't know. We'll see if we can figure that out. Um, and to get those tickets, priority will be given to those on the Patreon, which means that you get them before anyone else. That's the least I can do for you if you are supporting me on a month-to-month basis. So I'm just letting you know that now. That's going to be coming up at the end of March. I'm mostly saying it to myself and Gary so that, A, I have enough content on there that when you sign up in March that you're, you're satiated and you think, do you know what? This is worth a couple of quid to do this. Um, and, yeah, that's what's going to happen. So, again, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Really enjoy doing it. Um, and I will see you in the stars.